The weather is finally getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year, like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost like the middleman that passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. I am so excited. I have two gorgeous, lightweight cashmere sweaters coming my way. One camel, one heather gray. I cannot wait to wear them in the warmer months when it's chilly in LA. Throwing them over my shoulders. Going to look so cute. Can't wait. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash judging Megan for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash judging Megan to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash judging Megan and now back to the podcast spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company and we want to help you brighten your collection visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase with a wide selection of coins paper money supplies and more Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste Use promo code SPRING at LittletonCoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Growing up in the South, it was, for me as a kid who was very passionate about equality, I didn't know I was gay when I was young, but I knew that I didn't like injustice. Like, I would like be in the shower at eight, nine years old, like practicing MLK speeches. Like that's how it was so embedded in me that I knew from a very early age of who I was deep down. And I was very connected to that. So I spent my childhood writing and um, being in service to other people and in figuring out my spiritual walk and whatever that was. And until I uh, came out of the closet in in college where that was all very rattled. Um, I was rejected by my spiritual community. I was an athlete at the time. I was rejected by the athletic community and my community at large because I went to school at Mississippi state, which is where I grew up and just had this very tumultuous life changing event happen that made me question my spirituality. It made me question who I was. And so I just went on this journey of, trying to figure out who I was beyond my label Mm -hmm. Um, because it was clear that I wasn't being seen as Megan anymore. I was being seen as gay and I was just gay. Like that was it. Yeah. And so I had to figure out who I was beyond that. And it was a, it was a, it was a lonely journey. And so the next six years I spent away from Mississippi. Thankfully I left and discovered other ways of thinking, other religions, other spiritualities, and 
explored and got into a really bad relationship, eventually getting out of that, hitting rock bottom. And just, I remember calling out to the universe one day and saying, you know, I want to be loved the way that I love. And, and it was a turning point for me. Things started shifting after that. It was like, either I'm going to get that or I'm not going to be here. We've all been put here for a reason and we all deserve acceptance. Judging Megan with Megan Judge. I'm a trauma survivor from a really young age and I have been diagnosed with complex PTSD in the past few years. I've been surrounded by death and abuse much of my life. I've been dragged through the mud and have been to the point of not wanting to go on anymore. Through my interviews with other survivors, I've learned that there is a way out. From recovering to surviving and thriving, we all have the strength to come out the other side. You are listening to Judging Megan. Hi, everybody. You are listening to Judging Megan with your host, Megan Judge. I'm going to tell you, and I might bring you in, Megan. I have a Megan on. Wrong spelling, (laughs) Megan. I feel like I'm renewed and I'm ready to go and do this podcast today. And it's especially exciting when I have somebody that I adore on. I love it. Um, But I I, I did an article yesterday. They interviewed me for a magazine. And, um, and I was so nervous to do it. I was so stressed out about, I don't know why I'm so stressed out about it. Like I talk to people all the time for the podcast, I think, and I've been interviewed a lot, but I just, for some reason was really stressed about being interviewed for this magazine. And I don't know, it's kind of a full circle moment, you know, to be, um, and I'll just introduce you. I hate like that. I'm being suspenseful and I can't speak. Everyone, my guest today is Megan Onan. Megan is an author and a a world-renowned speaker and she's been on before. You know, I think you're my only repeat guest I've ever had on. No way. Yeah. I think maybe my, no, not even my husband. I've, I've literally oh, never I had a very re- special. Well, you are very special. I mean, even no. though you spell your name wrong, um, <laughs> you are very special. And, and we, Megan has been on to talk about her other book. Um, my, how long ago was that? Like a year ago or maybe yeah, it must've been over a year ago. Yeah. And then we've kept in touch and then yeah. she has her new book out now called held and free. And I'm holding it up for my massive YouTube audience that follows me. Um, <laughs> and I think I have 111 subscribers. Where are you guys? Like, why are you not? Why are you not subscribing to me? Nobody's on YouTube, on YouTube anymore. I know because they listen to the podcast. So why are they going to go on you? For yeah. my own ego, if you're my listener, go to YouTube and just subscribe. So I feel better about it. Um, it also, right also TikTok. You're on yes. TikTok. We follow each other, but I'm embarrassed. Yeah. I, I like, and I do all these videos because I think I'm funny. And I've said this before on the podcast. TikTok is the worst thing that Megan Judge could have ever found because now I think I'm like, I'm doing all these like voiceover things and I think I'm really funny. And I'll get I think like, you're funny. no, I'll get like 12 likes. It's pathetic. It's it so doesn't embarrassing. mean that you're not funny. Well, because I paid you to say that, but not everybody <laughs> else thinks that. Um, Okay, but going back, so um, Megan and I hit it off 
like when we when we met and then I kind of started to go through like a weird period again and Megan is a speaker so I was going to start doing speaking and then I started stressing out about traveling and I was going through like a weird period of time again and so it's just great because she's very supportive she's been had gone through a lot in her own life I love her story so that's why I asked her to come back on and also share her new book which I'll hold up again held and free <laughs> for my YouTube audience. Um, so that's it. That's our intro for today. But I just want to finish with the magazine because I want your thoughts on this. Okay. I, I was so stressed out, but I was going to say it was quite a thrill to know that I was sitting in a corner drooling like three years ago in the work or more maybe now in the worst possible place. And I kind of talked about that in the interview that I was I was awful. I was suicidal. I didn't want to go on. Mm -hmm. I was depressed. I was probably like, you know, in the past, I've started to lose weight, but I like, I was like heavy, the heaviest I like ever have been besides carrying a baby. I just like, couldn't deal with my life. And then to come to this place. And I talk a lot about suicide prevention and suicide awareness and, keep going and you matter. And I do that for my listeners specifically, because I want you to know when I post stuff or I talk about stuff, I'm really, maybe a little part of me is bragging to get back to the Karens because I hate them. I'm working on it though. Um, but it's also because I want people to really understand that, that if I can do it, like you can put your mind to staying and, and being here. And three years ago, I never would have imagined that I, a magazine would reach out to me to talk about my story. So it's kind of cool. That's awesome. Well, congratulations. Thoughts? Thoughts? Well, I mean, I think the nerves were just that, you know, I think you were probably just relishing in that, you know, in that full circle moment. And also mm -hmm. I know I'm always nervous before I go on stages because I care yeah. so much, you know, like yeah. I care so much about my messaging and being in service to other people. Mm -hmm. And so I think nerves are a good thing. I think it just, it's a sign that it means something to you. That's, that's how I see it. Well, also, I mean, I'm going to, we're going to talk about you now because I just basically bragged for five minutes, but, um, I, and it, I'm joking. I mean, I was, but it's not bragging in my opinion to just Stop. be like, I did it and you Absolutely. can do it too. You and should celebrate that. Yeah, I did it. You can do it too. It doesn't mean that life is not going to be hard again. I still right. go through my crappy periods. I somehow always am able to pull myself out. And that's the message that I want people to know. But I want to talk about you and your story. And I, when we started, before we started recording, um, there's a few things in the world that really matter to me. And one of them happens to be equality. And one of them happens to be um, to uh, ev that everybody should love thy neighbor. If you're Christian, that's what we're taught. And um, like homelessness, I'll, there's a lot of, I shouldn't say a few things. There's a whole list, but my num one of my number one things is, uh, is being a supporter and an ally to the LGBTQ community. And I am fortunate enough to be friends with Megan, who is a gay woman, like the, those are my people. They are. And, um, and so I said to her before we started recording that I was sad we couldn't do this on pride month. And then I said, wait a minute, everybody, every month should be pride month. 
right? Yes, absolutely. So tell totally. my audience about you, Megan, because maybe they didn't listen to the last episode. So like, let's start with a little bit about you. That should be a prereq to this episode, though. Yeah. P.S. <laughs> Go listen to the original episode and then come back and listen to this one. There's a no, reason I- why I have Megan on two times. <laughs> Go ahead, Megan. Um, about me. Um, quick. I'll, I'll give you the quick version since mm-hmm. since we kind of dove in deep to my story last time. Um, I'm from Mississippi, was raised Catholic. Um, I was a very spiritual kid growing up, questioned a lot of things in the church and just was, was spiritually curious and didn't understand a lot of things like why couldn't women be priests? And I didn't understand why I had to confess my sins to a priest. Like, why couldn't I just go to God? And so I was always questioning my parents about those kinds of things. And so a lot of my experiences in life have centered around my spirituality because it's the most important thing to me. And so if I'm not spiritually connected, then all hell breaks loose and nothing is nothing as well. Um, so growing up in the South, it was for me as a kid who was very passionate about equality. I didn't know I was gay when I was young, but I knew that I didn't like injustice. Like I would like be in the shower at eight, nine years old, like practicing MLK speeches. Like that's how it was so embedded in me that I knew from a very early age of who I was deep down. And I was very connected to that. So I spent my childhood writing and um, being in service to other people and in figuring out my spiritual walk and whatever that was. And until I uh, came out of the closet in in college where that was all very rattled. Um, I was rejected by my spiritual community. I was an athlete at the time. I was rejected by the athletic community and my community at large because I went to school at Mississippi State, which is where I grew up, and just had this very tumultuous, life-changing event happen that made me question my spirituality. It made me question who I was. And so I just went on this journey of trying to figure out who I was beyond my label Mm -hmm. Um, because it was clear that I wasn't being seen as Megan anymore. I was being seen as gay and I was just gay. Like that was it. Yeah. And so I had to figure out who I was beyond that. And it was a, it was a, it was a lonely journey. And so the next six years I spent away from Mississippi. Thankfully I left and discovered other ways of thinking, other religions, other spiritualities, and explored and got into a really bad relationship, eventually getting out of that, hitting rock bottom. And just, I remember calling out to the universe one day and saying, you know, I want to be loved the way that I love. And and it was a turning point for me. Things started shifting after that. It was like, either I'm going to get that or I'm not going to be here. And and I published my first book in 2008, which was the same year I met my wife that year. What was your first book? I'm blanking. I've read it. I'm sorry, but I should. Creating Your Heaven on Earth is my first book. Okay. Which has been recognized with by, by numerous outlets. I left out that Megan is a Forbes, what is it? A Forbes council speaker, mm-hmm. world renowned speaker um, and author. Um, so I didn't mean to butt in, but I, no, I was no thinking worries. about that and I wanted my audience to know that. Oh, well, thanks. Can I um, say one thing really quickly? Yeah. 
that you yeah. said that struck me because um, I can't keep my big mouth closed. <laughs> um, I was watching, my husband and I have been watching Smartless. I love Smartless, the podcast. But okay. we were watching last night, they're doing like a, a Smartless with Sean Hayes and um, Justin Bateman, or Jason Bateman, sorry, and mm-hmm. um, Will Arnett. And so they're, there's a documentary where they're following them on the road. And cool. last night, Sean Hayes, opened up uh, on this episode we were watching about what his life has been like being labeled as gay. Mm. And somebody that has grown up with gay people from a very young age, because guess what, everyone? I'm into theater. Like, I, <laughs> like since I was like six, like I just, mm-hmm. you know. Right. And I never really thought about as an outsider what it would be like instead of just being Megan, a human being, what it would be like to be labeled as something like some people might label me yeah. a B-I-T-C-H. Actually, quite a few do. Um, or some people label me a mom or some people label me funny or whatever it is. But to be labeled like for my sexuality, yeah. that's so weird. And so well, Sean, yeah. Sean Hayes was kind of talking about like, that's the first p- thing people think of. It is. And so I think that for my listeners that maybe, and I try to do these episodes because I do have listeners that maybe don't understand the gay community, but yeah. like maybe to take yourself out of it. And I never really even thought about it that way just because I don't. But I think a lot of people do. It's like, you're not just Megan, you're gay. You're gay, yeah. Megan, right? Yeah. And that's what people right. think of first. And that's, what yeah. is that like? Like, tell me what yeah. that's like. It it was a mind-bending experience, right? Yeah. So like, I come out, I have all these people saying horrible things to me, telling me yeah. I'm disgusting, I'm going to hell, blah, 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 blah. You know, yeah. the list can go on and on. Yeah. But eventually yeah. I sit down in, in this moment, I write about it in the book, actually, uh-huh. um, where uh, the held fellowship. Of Christ- yeah, held and free. Yeah, yeah. Um, where I'm sitting down with one of the leaders of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, which was this mm-hmm. organization I was a part of and a leader in. And, and him and his wife sat down with me to talk to me. We were in the chapel on Mississippi State campus. And it was so clear that I just I was no longer a person. I was strictly a label to them. Like everything before that, who I was, who I had been, the kind of person, the kind of friend, it was just evaporated almost. Stripped. 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 And it was, it was one of those, I'll never forget that moment of being like, wow, who I am, they don't see that anymore. You know, and I, and there's nothing I can do about it. Nothing. Well, the difference, I'm crying. The difference is, is like, like, and I've talked about this before, probably you've heard me talk about it, but to be labeled and then have the choice, either you're, you can come out of the closet and be who you are and like date who you want and marry who you want, or you can remain in that closet and hide who you are. So those are your two options. None of which is easy, by the way. So, no, 
Well, so to reiterate, and especially in this climate that we're in right now, which is very scary and sad, um, to really think about that. Like if you're listening and you're a listener and you have preconceived notions about the gay community, think about what it would be like and take yourself kind of out of it. If somebody said to you or to me, well, I'll use me as an example. I can't get married to my husband. I can't like hold his hand in the street. I can't right. give him a kiss on a corner. I I have to pretend like how much pain that would be. And, and hence why the suicide rates are so high in the community. Yeah. yeah. And I just think it's important for people to really take themselves out of it and think about that. Yeah. And then for you to just really have like a part two of your life, like the beginning where you were an acclaimed athlete and, you right. know, were just this Southern girl living their lives were like doing speeches of MLK, which I love, by the way, I think <laughs> I do those two in the shower still, um, that you had a part two of your yes. life, brand new mm-hmm. life. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's been a lot of different parts, but I think that that experience that we just talked about is like it led me into like okay, mm-hmm. then who am I? You know, and like you got to dig deep to figure that out. And we all do at some point, right? Because mm-hmm. if we want to be here, we've got to do the work. If we want to be happy, we want to have joy in our lives, then you got to do the work. Mm-hmm. Like it's, you know, no one gets to skip that part unless you want to be miserable and suffer all the time. And so I, I knew I couldn't skip that part. Like I, I, I had to figure it out, but how, where do you begin? Right. So I, I went to a therapist and I sat on her couch and I cried for a year. Like that's mm-hmm. all I did was cry, just trying to process and let go of other people's expectations of who they thought I was and let go of my own expectations of who I thought I was. And, you know, just dealing with all of that, but, I was also going to say that that connotation of what people think of as gay at the time was so negative mm-hmm. that it was just a bad thing. Well, it you doesn't know? help that you grew up in the South. I no, mean, it you was, weren't in like New York City. It wasn't City. the right time, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. the, no one was excited that I was gay, you know, yeah. like there wasn't anybody celebrating for me. Yeah. And so I think it would be. I think it would be different now. I think the experience would be different, but you know, those wounds, those wounds don't really, you know, I can go back to that moment if I really want to and feel all of it. Um, They never really heal. Right. I can't imagine they do. I mean, it's like if you're in a, in a, in any kind of trauma or any like loss or any Mm -hmm. thing like that, you go back. In my mind, I can go back to periods of my life and I don't like thinking about it because it's too painful. Right. Yeah, it can yeah. be. Yeah, I think I've done so much work around it over the years and we're talking about 20 years ago at this mm-hmm. point. But for me, what gets me through every day is just like self-care. I mean, if I if I skip taking care of myself and doing my routine, then everything's off. And I know that. So it's like my choice. Am I going to do it or am I not going to do it? Because it's going to, it's going to, it's going to predict how my day goes if I don't. And so, you know, I've learned that in order to deal with life and yeah. deal with whatever's going to be thrown at me next, if I can maintain my level of self-care, then 
it'll be easier to get through things when they happen. Um, so I'm very dedicated to that. And it's, it's the thing that has helped me stay connected to myself spiritually and in every way. And well, let's so. go into, let's go into, cause the, the spirit, we talked about this on the last episode, which by the way, audience go back and listen, but I wanted to talk about held and free your book, but I also want to talk about the spiritual component of, mm-hmm. of, cause we did touch on this the last episode, but I think it's important, um, to talk about, and this does kind of go into the book, what you've gone through, but how important spirituality is to you. And it is to me as well. And what like God or organized religion might look like to you. Like for me, I'm a Catholic. I'm still Catholic. There are obviously pieces I do not agree with. Um, This was how I was brought up. This was, there's things I question. Like we all question spirituality, religion, God, Mm -hmm. what's going on. Um, but like, why is this happening? Um, but it's a very important piece of my own life. And so I wanted to ask you about what that looks like for you. It's been a journey. I mean, Mm -hmm. I, I, once I left Mississippi and then I found something called like the, uh, I was like all American Catholic church. I don't know. There was a gay priest. It was amazing. Right. Yeah. So I, I started there and then I ended up going to like a unity church and I was like, Oh, this is really cool. Mm-hmm. You know? And then I ended up in Colorado after leaving Florida and I ended up at a place called the United centers for spiritual living, which kind of embedded a little bit of everything. It was Christianity. It was, you know, Buddhist teaching and, and just thought leader teachings. And, and I love that. It, it really spoke to me. It was like, I, I really open as long as I'm connected to, who I am and deep down. Mm -hmm. And so the reason I chose held and free is because held to me means, um, it's, it means a lot of different things, but essentially it's just really trusting that life is on my side and being very held by that. And I, and that's a big part of my spirituality is like just being in a space of allowing myself to be held Mm-hmm. and free is about just being free to be who I am and be okay with it mm-hmm. and how I want that for my daughter. And so there's a whole reason I chose that title. Um, but it all speaks to my spirituality of just being like, I feel like it's a lot of just being okay with who I am. And it's also a lot of just let letting go and let spirit do what spirit does. Let God yeah. do what God does and trusting that and, and having that organic flow. And so that's, that's kind of where I'm at now and who's to say that won't change again, but do you believe it's been in, an evolution. Do you believe in like organized religion or is it more like a spiritual, like, what does that look like for you? And am I prying too much? I, it's like, <laughs> I'm like, and then what do you think happens at the very end? What will your last words be? Just tell me and my audience that is listening. Um, I do not participate in organized religion. Okay. But if it works for somebody, it works for somebody. Yeah. I do not judge it. Right. Yeah. Like for me, my wife and I, um, we do something, we have a get together at our house once a month for people who don't really fit into organized religion. Mm-hmm. And we watch a Ted talk and we have a conversation and we have a potluck. So to me, yeah. 
like community is what matters and, you know, being able to have those deeper conversations and actually that promotes self growth. Right. Yeah. So to me, that's, that's kind of how we deal with it here, but you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to join a church, you know, it just, I don't care what it is. Yeah. I mean, I get it. There's different, like, yeah. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. This time of year is the worst. I feel like I can't do anything and I can't enjoy my dinner because I can't taste my food and I can't work out because I feel tired and distracted. I can't even feel like I can host this show because my voice sounds like a duck. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. I feel like I've been using Claritin D for probably a few months now, and I have really noticed a difference. I can work out. I'm not feeling like my eyes are watering and my nose is all stuffed up. I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped into my throat. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every, but part of life, I think, is questioning God. Like when you just said held and free, which I felt I think is a beautiful title and a beautiful way to put it. Um, I think I say this a lot. So for my listeners, they're probably like, shut up, Megan. Um, I, I believe that life is a series of tests. And so when God like created us, and I believe that the end of your life is when all of your tests are done. So if like somebody were to be like, say they made Megan gay, the other Megan, um, that is a test that you had to go through and then learn what God looks like to you. So there's been times in my life where I've strayed from the church and I'm very open about it. I actually even have texted my priest that I love and been like, I'm angry during COVID. I was mad. I don't want to go to mass. I'm mad. I don't want to go, but this is just something for me. But what I loved about what you said about held and free is that 
God, whatever God looks like to anyone that's listening or whatever you believe, it could be different for everybody. To me, you were being held like that famous poem, Footprints yeah. in the Sand, right? Yes. At which I love. Everybody yeah. had it in their bathroom in the 80s. <laughs> totally. <laughs> it was one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like over that. your mom's toilet. Um, oh, I love that story. Anyways, but it is a beautiful poem. And it is something in my darkest times of my life, like when I lost Julie or whatever I've gone through, I've always felt that I was being held. Mm, by by God. And so I love that you said that that's why the title means that to you. And I think sometimes in life, he holds us a little bit tighter when we really need him. Agreed. If we're open to it. If you're open to it. Yeah. And sometimes you're like, why is this happening? And we'll never know. You know, we'll never know why we go through the things we do. Embracing the mystery, right? Like, yeah, that's the journey. You just... It's a part of being human is embracing what we'll never know. And that's so hard because we like to control everything, right? Yeah. yeah. Can you tell me what it's like? So in this climate right now um, and talking like incorporating the book, but also moving back like so for my audience, you moved back to Mississippi, you left and then mm-hmm. you went back to the place that yeah. hurt you, <laughs> that you yeah. were so uncomfortable in your own skin. And now you're married and you have a daughter who's so cute. Mm-hmm. Tell mm-hmm. me what it's like now. Like, is it hard? Is it, I just am curious. It's, um, it's, it's, we've been back here since 2010. So we've seen, you know, marriage equality happen. We had mm-hmm. our first pride parade in our community. So, so many amazing things have happened that now Claire and I feel very embraced by our community. Right. I wouldn't say that we feel understood and I'm not saying I need to be understood. I'm just saying like, that's the feeling. It's like they love us, but you still feel different. Um, or like, are you on quote unquote, like there are gay friends, you know, like, yeah, yeah. there's not a lot of us, right. That are are totally coming over. Yeah. 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 And I don't feel that with everybody, but at large, I do feel that I still kind of feel like an outsider, but not in a way that it's self-deprecating. Like I'm not complaining about it. Like I'm totally aware that I, that I still love myself and all of that stuff. But yeah, but yeah, I mean, there's still that sense of like, I'm definitely just different because I'm spiritually different. We don't go to an organized religion and that's the thing that people do here. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're so different. My wife is an acupuncturist. She's weird because she's an acupuncturist. There's, she's like the only one in North Mississippi. And so it's like, we're weird. <laughs> oh my know? God. I love acupuncture. It's the best. Isn't it? It's amazing. Stuff. Oh my God. It changed my life when I went, I mean, I got pregnant with my daughter because of acupuncture. literally I couldn't get pregnant I was so stressed out and I got pregnant no it's it is interesting because you know being in LA yeah it just it doesn't it it just seems like a different world um yeah so for my for my listeners because I kind of sidetracked a little bit um tell like let's talk more about like the the book and like why you decided to write the second book and kind of like tell me a little bit about that um, I have always just wanted to write my memoir in a very 
very vulnerable, vulnerable way. And that is exactly what I did. And, and so it talks about, it's a lot about spirituality more than anything I would say Mm -hmm. in just the personal journey of becoming who you are and, Mm -hmm. and being true to yourself. And so it's, it's all of the, you know, it's the coming out stories and stuff, but it's everything else too. It's life. It's, um, challenges. It's just everything that I've been through in my 41 years so far. And, and so, yeah, it's, it's very, it was a hard book to write. It took me two years to write it. And I just, I really wanted to do it. I just felt very called to writing it. And, um, there were a couple of chapters where I just spent months on them because I just couldn't get through some of the stories. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, you know, you realize that you still have so much pain around some things. And so I had to work through some things personally as I, as I wrote, but I'm so glad to be on the other side of it. I'm so glad I did it. I'm really proud of the product. I'm proud Mm -hmm. of how the story flows and how it all came together. And so it was, it was worth it. It was definitely worth it. Do you feel like now that you finished the book, I'm also asking this for selfish reasons because I understand exactly what you're talking about because I'm an idiot. And I was like, I have a book that's going to come out in a year and I'm literally like not even close because (laughs) when, when I sit down to write, I can't do, I just, there's things I cannot go there. And I, I did have that chapter in that book come out, um, her badass story for anybody that wants to pick it up. Um, and it was, I told, I shared a bit of my story, but not all of it, mm-hmm. obviously in a chapter, but yeah. I was like, Oh, I'm done. I don't want to write anymore. Like when I was already writing the book, because I yeah. was like, I don't want to think about this anymore. I just want to go yeah, on. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I understand exactly what you're saying. It's like yeah. opening a deep wound or kind of like if you're, if, for the listeners or you that have been in therapy, you know, the days where you have to go to therapy and you're like, I'm doing great right now. (laughs) I don't want to freaking talk about myself. Like I don't want to pay money to go to therapy and talk about myself because I'm really happy right now. And then you have to like dig in and talk about something and get upset. It's the same thing. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I I would say that if I didn't have a developmental editor and a publisher Uh and deadlines, uh-huh. I, it probably would have taken me a lot longer. Well, like, that's, I, I'm not I'm going that stopped. route on purpose. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> the accountability is what got me through it. It really is. Yeah. And good editors. And, and tell me like a little bit about like, what is it like if, if you're comfortable talking about this with your wife and your marriage? Like when was that a hard process to go through, like writing the book and then getting all upset? And then, you know, was that difficult? I'm asking my wife, my wife is so amazing. (laughs) No, my wife is so amazing. I just would, you know, there was a, there was a lot that I didn't let her read until it was finished because I Mm -hmm. wanted it to be done and complete, but no, she's, she's so, she works on herself so much and is so in tune with who she is that she's so supportive. I'm so, so lucky. Honestly, she, she was with me every step of the way. And she was like, God, I didn't know that. I didn't, there were stories she didn't know because the process pulled so many things that I forgot were there. You pushed and, them down. Yeah. And yeah. so there was a lot that she was like, wow, really? So she got to know me better through the process and, and was open to that. And, and yeah, just really supportive throughout the entire thing. 
Well, let me ask you, if you were like a young gay woman, like playing sports or I hate saying gay woman, I should just say woman, but just say you're a young gay woman. I'm sure you've had a lot of um, readers that have reached out to you and been affected by your book and like said, Mm -hmm. said, thank you. Um, tell me a little bit about that. Is that, does that kind of like fall into place with like something that was important to you to share so you could help someone else? I know that you'll probably say yes, but I need to ask that. Yeah. I mean, it's always, first I usually do things because I need to do it for myself Mm -hmm. and, and I hope that it's in service. And so I hope it's in service always, you know, but when I'm writing or speaking, it's like, I have, this is my calling. I have to do this or I can't keep going. Like it's, it's, it has to come out. And, and usually it's for my own healing. And as a result, if it helps somebody else, it's, it's, it's nice, but it's not, I don't let that define me. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's making any sense, but, um, yeah, I appreciate the positive feedback but for me, it's like, it's a more of a personal journey to get you like, get it all out, move on, have your story out there that will, and is helping other people. But I just had to ask that because I think that's an important piece of it. Like, you know, the things that you leave behind, whether it be a book or like, what is your legacy? What are you going to leave behind one day? Your daughter is going to be able exactly. to read this. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I think yeah. it's so important. Yeah. Is there is there a, a piece or a story in the book specifically that you think is a really important story that you shared? All of them. <laughs> okay, well, read the whole book. This will be a five-hour long podcast or longer. But is there like something that no. like you know that you, was more difficult than another area? Yeah, the emotionally abusive relationship I was in, those two chapters were my hardest. Yeah. They, they were definitely the hardest to get through. I I buried so much of that. I had yeah. no idea. And it was just you know, taking a hard look at myself during that time period and how terrible I felt about myself, you know? It was a, just a really good indication of where I was at that point in my life. Like, I didn't love myself at all. I was in this horrible relationship and... Trauma bond. Oh man. Yeah. It was really hard to get through those. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, and then just to be able to come out the other side and meet somebody like you did, you know, but also to work on yourself. So that's so important that I tell people all the time. And I, I've posted this quote a lot. Um, the, now I'm not going to be able to say it, but basically along the lines of the trauma is not your fault, but the work is your job. It's something along those lines. And it's so true because if you're never going to be happy in life, a partner's not going to fix your problems. You know, it's, you have to work on yourself. And I'm also fortunate because I married somebody that even though I hated him two days ago and we weren't speaking on our anniversary, everyone we're made up. (laughs) Um, Literally we didn't speak for the whole day, Um, but we're fine now. Um, 22 years together. So that will do it. Um, but (laughs) I, I always say how blessed I am because I met this human, you know, that really seems to like me a little bit, which I never really thought 
I was, I, I was, what is the word I'm trying to say? I didn't think I was worthy of it. Mm. You know? Well put. Yeah. And, and, um, and I, and I do continue to do the work. Um, for the sake of time, I wanted to ask you, um, because I think that I'm going to go back into the stories of like what's happening in this current climate. Um, what do you think is, ha- why do you think all of this is happening? Like politics aside, do you think that, do you think that like, I guess I'm very Pollyanna about this, but I always thought we were coming so far and things were changing. And then we had like gay marriage was legalized. And do you think that it was just like Trump coming and then every like brought out the worst in people? Like, I can't figure it out. Well, I think it was just, it was there. Maybe it was suppressed, you know, like obviously it was there. It just yeah. was given permission to, 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 to come out and, and exist in a bigger way. So I don't, I don't think that it, it was, I don't know. I just, I remember when Trump was elected, I definitely had my moment of just like feeling despair and knowing mm-hmm. that things were going to change, change. And, and shift. It was just this knowing that to be ready for that. And and so, yeah, I just, I mean, I really didn't I used to get political I, on the podcast, FYI. And then like re- pretty recently, um, I started because I just couldn't not say things that I was feeling anymore. Yeah. You know, um, I myself remember when he got elected and I was at soul cycle crying on a bike because <laughs> I was so upset. I couldn't oh, believe it, you know? Yeah. Um, and then I don't know what's going on, but it's just, it's a very scary time. So that's why, um, you know, I'm like, if I just keep like sharing stories of why and how it makes you feel and all of these things, like maybe people will listen without being like Democrats stink, Republicans stink, like just come from the human side of it. Exactly. Because I think that people just really aren't like as awful as I'm scared that they are. I think it's just like lack of knowledge, right? Yeah, I agree. And and I've seen this over the years. It's just, yeah. I, I have a lot of hope. I mean, I know that, I mean, we've been through this before, right? I mean, I think it's just, it's a part of the human experience. There's always mm-hmm. going to be tension on some topic or some political issue or whatever it is. And I think it's forward movement. We have to have these discussions. They have to do what they're going to do. And then we're going to move on and things are going to change again. Like things are going to keep shifting. Right. And I, I don't think that our politicians represent the majority. No, I just don't. I don't see it in my community here in Mississippi. I don't see it to the places I go. I see good people everywhere. And, and that's how I see it. I just, I don't think our voices are as representative as, People think they are in the law and with social media and the media, there's so much emphasis on the negative that we think it's bigger than it is. But I think we need to just remember what our experience is like in our little communities and in our families and really draw on the truth from those. And that's, that's what I do. Well, I think too, what's scary is AI, you know, like, and I'm going to say that because I was watching something on TikTok and it was like this speech of Kamala Harris and she looked like she was drunk. And I'm not, to be honest with you, I always was like kind of in the middle, like growing up my whole life. Like my dad was a Ronald Reagan Republican. Like I, 
you know, I come from conservative DC, but I always, what I cared about, like you, while we were doing our MLK um, shower speeches, <laughs> um, was like, I wanted people to be treated with kindness and equally, yeah. and it shouldn't matter what color their skin is or where they're from yeah. or what their sexuality is. And I've always kind of known that. Yeah. Um, but I well, think, I think the, like, go ahead. The good, the good news is that we have power over that, right? Like, yeah, we can do that in our lives and that's where we should find our fulfillment and not relying on what other people are doing or what the world is doing, but just really centering ourselves on what we can do and be kind to our neighbor or be kind to the people we see at the grocery store or whatever it is. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's how you make the impact and that's what you can control anyway. But I agree. The AI thing is, you know, like well, it's terrifying. It. So it's my ter point is, is like people are seeing these speeches and then somebody will be like, that's, that is like, she's drunk. And then everybody does a TikTok. And I thought she was drunk too. And so I actually researched it and figured out like what's really, and most people would not take the time to do that. Right. Yeah. So that's, what's so scary and going on right now. Like a friend of dear friend of mine for years and years from college, can't stand Biden lives in Florida. Hopefully she's not listening. Sorry if I'm making you mad, but you know, I know she doesn't listen, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> she, <laughs> she, um, she posted something about the cocaine being found in the white house. And I was like, what are you talking about? That's not his, like he would die if he did cocaine. He's like 80 years old. Like what is happening? Like, why does this stuff matter? It's so weird. I know. Right. It's like, yeah. so I do think like if just uh, those stupid politicians could just be like erased and taken out of the picture and we could just like start over in the middle maybe and just continue to have conversations where it's not just like a spew of like all these lies on both sides, I think. Yeah. And maybe we could get somewhere, but I don't know. It's a scary time. Well, everyone would have to like take self-responsibility and mm -hmm. be willing to, you know, drown out the noise and like stay centered. Right. But mm -hmm. that's a lot of, that's a lot of, we, we, you and I both know how much effort that takes. And, and so asking people to do that is unrealistic in a lot of ways, but I, I feel like, you know, that's really, but the don't only way. you think like the good news is, is our kids like, it's not even, and maybe I'm saying this because I live in a metropolitan, I mean, I'm, it's basically in a small town outside of LA, but, um, you know, I have a beach town, so it's still like very small, even though we're in LA. So there's a lot of people that think certain ways, but my kids, I just don't even think it's a thing for them. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think like that kind of gives me hope that right. like if they, they know like, you know, my best friend, Michael, they're like, Oh, uncle, Michael, uncle, Michael's gay. Like uncle, you know, like it's not even a thing. And yeah. so I think that that's the thing that like kind of gives me hope for our future that maybe this won't be a thing and we won't, ha I hope, I don't know. I'm going off on a tangent. Um, Megan, is there anything that I'm missing that I didn't ask? I'm a brand new podcaster again. Um, I'm just starting out after being off for three weeks. So I don't even remember how to do this. So if I'm leaving something out, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> no, I was just here for the conversation. So, you know, you know, I love you. And I love and you too. I, I honestly, like when I say this to you, like I, 
um, I'm so I wish we lived in the same place because I know we'd hang out. Um, I we would. I am holding up your book again, (laughs) Held and Free, because I there's people that come into your lives and special people, and you're one of them. And I've and I've reached out to you, and you've tried to help me in certain things, and I just want you to know how grateful I am for that. And I'm grateful for our friendship. And I'm sorry that you, your name is spelled wrong. Um, and everyone, please go back and listen to the past episode with Megan O'Nan, also Irish. And um, I am just happy to be back. I have some really amazing guests coming up. Please follow me on Judging Megan. Or what's, I changed my Instagram to my real name. It's Megan Judge. At judging Megan, I think is my, I don't know what it is, but you can figure it out. Um, and um, please send me any thoughts. I love your reviews. I'm always appreciative. And in closing, thank you, Megan. You're the best. Be happy by making other people happy. Judging Megan with Megan Judge. Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online master's of social work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.